0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, once again to the Oz Network as we continue on our exclusive coverage of Third Watch. And exclusive coverage that's getting very close to the end. We're up to the third last episode ever of this show. Uh, the 20th episode of Season 6. It's called How Do You Spell Believe? B E L I E F. Yay, I passed something. Uh, first aired on the 22nd of April 2005. It was written by Karen Hall. Directed by Skip Sutteth, you may have heard of him before, not too sure. And this is a (laughs) very interesting episode, one that I'm actually quite interested to talk about. My name is Ben, and stay tuned to the Oz Network, where we bring you the news instantly.
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed. What's up, everybody? My name's Darvell, and... Oh, so a bank
0: robbery gets you excited, huh? No, it doesn't. Not at all. Um... Yeah, another yeah. welcome to another week of journalists are assholes and the rest of us are perfect. Um,
1: yeah. yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna have. I was gonna say you're gonna have a field day with these uh, next couple episodes with regards to the journalists.
0: This one's kind of like the worst of them all. I think <laughs> you know, kind of just the way it is. But the thing that I think this episode, like, ah, uh, next week I feel is even weirder. But like these episodes are so they don't know what they want to be. There's so much stuff going on there's so many tone shifts. There's so many stories that you forget about within five minutes. Um, And I'm not to say that, like, particularly with this one, I'm not to say it's terrible, but there is definitely a part where it's kind of like we're travelling on a bumpy road, and it's going, okay, we're holding it together, we're holding it together, this is going pretty good, yep, yep, okay, oh, we're a bit wobbly, we're a bit wobbly, oh, there's a cliff and we're falling over it! Um, It's just kind of... It's just, I, I feel like they've gotten together at a certain point of this season and gone cool we're about to end sad you know we need to do the following storylines and then they're they're going yeah okay we'll get to them we'll get to them we'll get to them and they get to like episode 20 and go fuck we're gonna do this 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 and this we better get to it oh we can fit them all in in the final few episodes that's okay um so like i feel like they just ram it all home um because they're, they're odd episodes like. I mean, just, they like, really are. I don't know how you feel about them just before we get started, but like, I just don't know where. Especially <laughs> this one. I came out of this one, out of the next two, going, I don't know how to rate this.
1: <laughs> yeah, me neither. I had a, I had a hard time getting into, getting into both of them just because there were, like you said, so many different storylines to try to keep up with. A lot of golden op- a lot of missed opportunities to feature all three branches of of emergency services again mm-hmm. um and there's one scene in the next in the next episode not this one but the next episode there's something that happens in the next episode that i honestly wish we could have actually seen happen mm, yeah and i'll and i'll tell you and i'll tell you when we get to it yeah no i, I mean i told you off air but yeah but we'll talk about it when we get to it
0: yeah and i and i i agree it's uh, they're just it's strange and like um you know at the end of the day we we want to you know have a nice conclusion to this show and everything along those lines um and you know we want storylines wrapped up and and look uh, you know i'm a simple podcast host you're a simple podcast host it's all good for us to sit here and be the monday morning quarterback and do what we're doing here as we've done across all these episodes and we don't know how difficult or how tricky it is to fully wrap a show up and keep <coughs> fans completely happy Um, it's a lot harder in today's world than it is back in 2005. Um, But, you know, like there's just, there are certain things, which I'm sure, like again, we always say that uh, if we ever get Ed Albonero or John Wells on the show, that I'm sure they would say themselves, like, hey, maybe we could have done this better. I I would be, you know, intrigued to see if there are television writers out there who can fully 100% say with 100% assurity, I am so satisfied with the way that ended, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, so, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, we're only the third last episode, but it's just, I think these next three episodes yeah. are so connected to it, because I mean, basically the next three episodes take place in the space of, you know, 12 hours, almost. It's kind of almost like an episode of 20, you know, a couple of episodes of 24, because at least, well, you know, the first half, at least, of the, the finale, episode 22, kind of is all on this same day that we kind of begin today, isn't it? Pretty much. Which is, I don't think we've had think. a string of third watch episodes that, like, maybe two episodes have kind of been on the same, you know, day. But I think kind of this is maybe the first time we've had at least three episodes stretch into sort of the one day. So that's one thing that I don't think I've ever really paid attention to much until doing this rewatch and taking notes and going, hang on a minute. Like, you know, we're still on the same day here that <laughs> we started in episode 20. So.
1: Yeah. And. Oh, gosh, I had had something. Oh, yeah, and I I will say this, though, you know, and I've said this several, I've said this many times before. Maybe they probably would have done better episodes had they had more of a notice that they were being canceled Mm -hmm. because they, because it was, it was made, like I said, when we did, when we recorded episode 18 of this season the the official announcement and I should have sent you the the cuz there there are a lot of archived articles about it the official announcement came in March of 05 when third watch that. was on height was on hiatus for um for law and order trial by jury it broke a lot of the articles that that came out with it they were posted like March 23rd March 24th of 05 right and and it's and I mean that short notice You've got to give them credit for at least trying. Well,
0: yeah. And, I, look, I think I, I'm just wondering if there's much of a difference between an announcement of it being cancelled and, like, when the production dates for these are, if you know what I mean. Because, um, yeah, that would be a very interesting thing to kind of find out from behind the scenes. like Because, you know, I think we've sort of we posed that question a little bit, um, you know, across the way to Guy Norman B. Um, you know, I know when we had Manny Perez on the show, I sort of brought that up to him. Like, were you aware? Like, do you know when this kind of came through? Um, but I think that's probably definitely a question you asked to Ed Allen Bonero or John Wells, you know, one of the, the real behind the scenes guys, like when did that official one come? Um, because yeah, like I, I agree with you. I think it kind of, it does show that they get to a certain point and they've been told, okay, you are finally ending now. Um, and there are definitely elements I think in kind of the other seasons where obviously there are bits, you know, like, Hey, like, are we coming back? Are we not? And so there's some storylines that kind of feel a bit rushed, but I think, they can obviously spread it out a little bit more when they've got another season to play with. This one, they officially know they're not having another season to play with. But, like, there are just some storylines we're going to get. Like, I mean, you know, the vampire storyline, it's just, this isn't a storyline that should not be more than one episode. And it just is, to tie it in with the Bosco and Yoko stuff, it's just completely ridiculous. You have Emily involved here somewhere. It's just dumb. They essentially, you know, put Finny and... And Grace is a complete back burner and all of a sudden realise, fuck, we've got to make sure these two end up together, don't we? When realistically we've had like three scenes of them being together anyway, so it feels a bit odd. Um, They kind of seemingly forget about Davis and Munro they kind of put them as side characters there. Sully's a desk clerk um, for basically the next couple of episodes. Um... You know, it's it's kind of odd, like what they do with some of these characters. It's it's really the cruise show. Uh, Jocus is you know semi involved in kind of a sort a side storyline that has really no bearing on what the end of the show does. And I actually, I one thing I feel that I've kind of noticed this time around, and this isn't really a nitpick. I, I feel like they've they've come together and they've realized, okay, we're going to end this show on a five minute montage showing what these characters get up to afterwards, because there's so many little. Uh, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Easter eggs um, foreshadowing to kind of the moments that they're going to say. So like there's all these obvious moments where Yoko's is kind of going out of a way to show that I hate, you know, cases where kids are being hurt. Like it's not something new. We know Yoko's kind of feels a little bit personal about that, but they just kind of go out of their way to ram that down your throat, if you know what I mean. And like, you know, we had that last Mm -hmm. week with Manny lighting a candle. And like, this isn't really a complaint, it's just, I feel like that's one thing. They know how they're going to end the show, so they're kind of putting these little things in there along the way to make sure that that final five minutes makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. it's <clears throat> it's it's interesting. And here we are in the you know opening five minutes of this episode kind of going all over the shop ourselves. Um, you know, we haven't <laughs> even started yet, but I mean, it's, it's perfect. It's the perfect time to do this, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you know, to talk about, you know, what's led to what's what's led to all this and you know you said before that um you know past seasons they put things in place you know that said that kind of said hmm we we don't know for sure if we're coming back i think i've said this a few times too that by all accounts going back to articles i've read again um there was a, there was an article shortly before the announcement that Third Watch was officially being canceled. There was another article somewhere um, that was that had the headline Third Watch Waits in Limbo." This was while it was still on hi- hiatus for trial by jury, um, and it said that and and Ed Bonero said in there, you know, that they yeah yeah we've talked about this several times about how they pretty much they. With the exception of Season 1 going into Season 2, I think, um, they never ended a season knowing that they were back. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I've talked about that before, actually. I couldn't tell you when, but I feel like I, might have, I may have brought that up.
0: Possibly. You, you, yeah, I, I, my yeah. memory, like I barely remember what I just said two minutes ago. So. Um.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that kind of thing, you know, I'd love for us to talk about that more when we get to the the, the series finale or the series recap or something where all all three of us can kind of can kind of talk can kind of talk about that you know d- you know discuss how was it that this show despite getting booted around NBC's schedule all the time and rarely and rarely promoted when you compare it to things like ER Law and Order and NBC's must see TV night how was it that this show managed to last six seasons in about a dozen different time slots and all that.
0: Yeah. I'd love to
1: know your guys' take on that when we get to those... <laughs> when we get to those... When we get to the series finale or the series recap.
0: Yeah, there's definitely lots of questions around that because, you know, I mean, we've talked about how sadly this show never really got the, the footing or the attention that we think it should have. But again, like, I mean, six seasons is... Is no mean feat. <laughs> um you know, a lot of no, a lot of shows would uh definitely kill to last for six seasons, so um yeah. Anyway. Uh we should really get into this episode, shouldn't we? Uh so Yeah, we should. We don't at least on the version that we watched, there's no previously on, we're kinda of straight into a traffic jam and um we've yeah. got Finney and Davis uh stuck in a traffic jam complaining that they should have taken third. We've got Carlos Looking at rings. This is this is this is just the nature of this episode, right? Because we're at the very beginning of this episode. But do we even remember that Carlos looks at rings like twenty minutes into this episode? Like it, you really no, don't. We really don't. <laughs> I barely even remember that Finney and Davidson are in a car accident <laughs> in this episode when we get to about halfway through it. Um, I do like Carlos looking at rings, though. It's kind of it's nice, and then Grace being there and this uh, random jewelry store clerk, uh, you know, just trying to help out. And I, I love how Carlos is like, "Can you wrap it and put a bow on it?" And it's like, you don't wrap a, uh, an engagement ring. Um, it's like, oh, I'm going to be paying for the rest of my life. I can't even have a bow. Uh, and then he wants a bow that sticks on top. I like it. Um, we have a random family in a car talking about the city being busy and people should be practicing patience. Finney wants the siren turned turn on so they can drive through. This is New York City. Come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Um, you've never been there, but even you know it's going to be busy and beeping and things like that. Um then this family's getting honked at. Stephen says someone... Oh, we meet this guy. Sorry, his name's Stephen. Um, we don't know his own yet, but his name's Stephen. Um, he's calling the guy behind him a jerk. His parents go off at him. They start ramming him. Uh, Finney and Davis get a call that there's a bank robbery. Um, they get... They turn the siren on, trying to get out there. Um, and then basically uh, the... Steven's family's car's getting rammed in the footpath. They get pushed out into the middle of the intersection. Davis and Finney smash over. Here's your weekly car crash with the promo. Everyone's hurt. And then all of a sudden you've got a, the car that was ramming the family's car. Guy gets out with a shotgun and blows the uh, two people in the front seat away to death. And then he's like, run, Stevie, you're free. Uh, Davis is trying to get on the radio To say that there's been shots fired We see this guy sort of like uh, Hover around the cop car with a gun It's kind of well shot though I do like the way you sort of just see this guy's feet and the gun um, And then he sort of leaves and go um, And then the, the thing The one thing about this that kind of irks me though Is when they kind of pan out And you've got this long shot of the street So you can see the scene um, You can actually see like a pedestrian Sort of in the distance Just walking by like nothing's happened And there's another one even really close That nothing happened, and the next minute you're going to get like so many people saying that, "Oh, I saw everything! I saw everything!" But it's just so calm at the moment. There's nobody there, so it's it's kind of like they filmed this scene and not realize that you've got extras in the background, kind of just walking like this is a normal New York City day. So slight little mistake there, I feel. But um, I mean, look again. Like this, this the thing that I find with this episode again that it's so over the place. Really, for the first like 30 minutes, I've got nothing really to complain about. Like, it's all... It's very bipolar. It's very all over the place, but it's still very enjoyable stuff. It's just when we veer off a cliff into Vampireville that it turns completely stupid, so...
1: Vampireville.
0: um, Yeah, but, I mean, like, I mean, this opening's kind of... It's it's done in a way that it's not over the top, even though we've got a giant car crash, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yep, and... Yep, and, of course, you know, like, right after that comes the well I, it's up to you to move it along but <laughs> i was going to say you know right right after that of course we get the credits we come back and you know i was i was really irritated about how you know after the car accident i was thinking to myself you know what this would have been mm-hmm. a great this would have been another a golden opportunity to have the firefighters bring the firefighters in show them extricating Finney and Davis from the wreckage of five5 Five David yep and show and show I mean we get to see Grace's reaction when Grace shows up and she sees that Brendan was involved in the accident but show Carlos and Grace working on Davis and Finney while rushing to the hospital.
0: It's, yeah, you know, I agree. And, like, the thing that's so random and odd about this is that, like, uh, like, we have this car accident. you meant to kind of care that Finney and Davis are hurt. But, again, you literally forget about this in about 20 minutes' time. Davis is essentially... these
1: are major characters.
0: Davis essentially has a displaced right. shoulder. Finney's in a, a, a induced coma, essentially. But the only reason he's going to be in an induced coma is to serve for Grace declaring her affection for him... And that's so what, he's not involved in the finale when you've got the big scenes happening in the precinct? Like, it's just. It's really odd what they do with Finney and Grace and kind of some of these characters to make them. Like, I, I have more problems next week when it comes to kind of the setup for the finale because it just feels very forced and very, like, over the top. But, yeah, I just don't get it. I don't. I just, it's almost like they said, like, ah, oh, we don't want Finney, nothing to do with Finney in the final, so we'll just fucking put him in a hospital. Uh, oh, shit, we need Grace to remember that she's in love with him. Oh, but we can't have a say I love him because that's not her. Okay, so we'll just do this. Like, it's, I don't know. They, they, they've, they've taken a season to introduce these two new characters. All of a sudden gone, fuck, well, they're not really that important in the grand scheme of third watch, are they? Because they're about to be cancelled. So let's just shove them to the side. Um, and this ultimately <laughs> sums up Grace. It's like, meh. <laughs> you know, like.
1: Just there.
0: Uh, anyway, yeah, no, as you said, they're two major characters and here's this happening. Um, Cruz, we're got to shot of Cruz reading the Santa Maria, Manny sort of saying that, um, oh, you're going to be happier with this. It's great. Cruz, you know, saying she's going to be taking some time off soon to take some treatment, which is great. Like I, I do love the way Tita Harder kind of plays Cruz in some of these earlier scenes. Yeah. It's kind of just a level of calmness, isn't it? Like it's, excuse me, I'm choking on myself here. Um, yeah, it's, I do just, I appreciate it. And, like, crew sums up this episode, I think, because kind of, here she is all calm and fine, and then next minute she's going to be chasing after people, and then she's going to be in an accident, and then this and that and everything else. Like, it's just so much going on. Yeah. Um but We've got Emily showing up to the 5-5, and Emily meeting Sully, because it's taken six seasons, and finally we need Emily to meet Sully, because why not? Um, yeah. She's going to meet a mum for lunch. Um, so she's just going to have to wait. Uh, Bosco is being questioned by Swirsky because he's Jokic being all, you know, I'm terrible human because I'm going to get Jokic into trouble. And um, I do kind of like hear Bosco, when he's like says to Jokic, like, you know, you can't even look at me. And Bosco admits that he did ask her to shoot for him, but uh, he practiced and practiced and practiced. The thing that I just never get with this is that I feel as though in the next two episodes they go out of their way to essentially. Prove, so to speak, that Bosco didn't cheat. But is it just me, or does it still feel very open ended? That you kind of feel like, well, did he or didn't he?
1: Yeah, it it does because you know we never we never see him fire. We never actually see him fire another shot at all. Mm. So I mean, we don't know for sure if his if he you know, if he cheated or not, or if he can still shoot like a boss. Mm. That's the one reason why I say, you know, there's there's something in the next episode that I really wish we could have actually seen, you know, to prove that, hey, maybe he hasn't lost his touch, so to speak.
0: Yeah. It's it's really odd. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's It's just... I, I feel it's very... And, like, ugh, I'm going to be complaining a lot next week <laughs> about their final yeah. scene together. Trust me. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so this is essentially going to sideline Bosco for this episode. Um, they hear 5-5-David five five that is uh, out on the radio. Swirsky Lee. Sally's got to drive Swersky. Yokus blows off Emily and buggers off. Um, Cruz and Grace. Of course. And, uh, you know, yeah, we're back to this, aren't we? Like, oh, look, Yokus is blowing off Emily. Um... Carlos and Grace, and they're talking about... Like, I'd like this scene. Carlos sort of saying how much, um, you know, he loves Holly. It's a nice little scene. Um, Manny and Cruz are showing up as Davis and Finney are dragged out um, talking about uh, what happened there. And everybody apparently wants to talk about it. And Jokas is there saying about how there was somebody was being pushed and that there was road rage potentially. And then we find out this is all connected to a church called the New Saints of Freedom Church. Um so that's a bit odd. Swersky's there. Swersky tells uh that she did the right thing with Bosco. Grace and Faith have a random meeting. Um cool. Um Finney's unconscious. Uh Grace is looking in the hospital through the doors, he doesn't want to go in. Uh, she doesn't want to go in, sorry, and she said she's going to wait there, so um Carlos is going to go work on the run sheet. Davis has been checked over. Sully's yeah. there. Yoko's is there. Even Sully and Davis, like, has just kind of, since Forever Blue, have just really trailed off from each other, haven't they? And kind of it's just like... They really have. They've just got a random scene every now and then together. So, yeah. Um But it's just, and, like, Munro's here, because Munro all of a sudden, like, that one scene last episode means that Munro and Davis are just completely fine now, and Munro's just completely fine now. So, like, I don't know. Like, is it odd? <laughs> A bit, yes. Um, so, yeah, there's that. I do kind of like the lines there when he's, like, saying, like, I'm going to be sore in the morning, and He's like, I'm sore every morning. <laughs> and then Davis is like, yeah, that's because you're 97 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so Davis tells Yoko J- uh, all the details um, about this guy, Stevie and running free and everything along those lines. And then, you know, um, what is, this is like the third time I swear Yokas has said this in the last five weeks. And she's like, Oh, and here I was thinking this job would be less hours. Go figure. Like what, in what world is a detective having less hours than a beat cop? I'm sorry. But like, like why would you, I'm not a cop. And I know that like detectives have to work yeah, longer really. hours.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because they do all the, they do all the investigating. Mm hmm. The cops just the cops just arrest people mm-hmm. and bring them in and process them and all that. The detectives have to do the actual investigating.
0: And, like, why does she need to continuously drop this? This is, like, the third time she's... I swear, again, it's a medical investigation episode fault because she's just got to drop one-liners every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, we'll blame it on medical investigation, sure. Exactly, because why not? Um, so anyway, um, we have, what are we, oh yeah, we're in the, uh, coffee shop, cause oh yeah, we're gonna continue the vampire shit, uh, David slash Dante, uh, works in a coffee shop, we've got the world's bitchiest customer, who wanted no foam, and make me another, and how about you do this on your own time, and... Basically, this is where David's inviting Emily to come along to the club You can see that he's a vampire, essentially. Ooh. Um, she walks off, and then David spits in this woman's latte. How the fuck does no one see this? Like, this is clear as day in front of this woman. He spits in her fucking coffee, and no one sees it. Like, come on. Like, it's just... Like, really? Bullshit. But, like... Uh, this is just what's so dumb about this storyline, because, like, in what universe is this kid... David, Dante, the Sagittarius Sangrenarian, think that the best way to break the news of his little whatever he is in real life um, is to drag her along to a club and confront it to her all in one go. Like, you break the ice slowly and be like, hey, do you, do you want to watch um, uh, Buffy? Oh, look, Buffy kills vampires. Speaking of vampires... Um, like, there are so many ways You're
1: sitting yeah. next to one yeah, Exactly <laughs> um, Did I mention that? Oh yeah, I'm sorry Emily I'm sorry I didn't tell you that before uh, But I wanted to break the ice a little bit
0: first Oh, uh, it's just so So stupid And like, it's it's like uh, What is Emily to him? Like, she's all like Oh, Goo Goo Gaga over him a couple episodes ago But now all of a sudden, like are they together? Are they just hanging out? Like, it's... I don't know.
1: <laughs> Another case of them rushing the storyline because they know they're about to go. So they know they have to wrap it up.
0: Uh, oh, it's, just, it's just ridiculous that this is even a thing. But anyway. Um, yeah. So where are we here? Cruz and Manny. Um, Cruz talking about how traffic accidents bother her because they're just so random. Um and then there's a call for a drive by, they rush over, there's a couple of kids shot, and then our old man from a couple of episodes ago, the one who's like, I'm not afraid of these fools. Um I thought that was him. Yeah, he's all been shot up and he's saying that they're only just kids, so yeah, it's a bit of a sad moment. Um Jokas and Jelly show up to the uh church. House, um, And uh, I love Jelly again. you got to start watching the History Channel. Um They go through this place. Uh, the door's unlocked and there's a woman and man shot dead on the floor. Uh, and then they're trying to, uh, I guess, investigate this. And they come to the conclusion that this guy didn't run. And obviously he's been shot by someone they know. Um, and then we see up on the wall, brother Jonathan or whatever it is, all dressed out in his Sunday best, in his robes, in whatever you want to call it. Um, now, I don't know... You're a 24 fan, so uh, I'm sure you might recognise this guy when we we haven't met him yet. We've just seen a photo, but uh, do you recognise this man?
1: The guy who the guy who does the shooting? No, the or... guy
0: who is the the, the leader, the the um, Jonathan, the, the the old the old guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Oh, gosh, hold on, let me think for a minute. What season? Give me a hint. Uh,
0: he was uh, in season two of 24. Season two of
1: 24. An old guy in season two of 24. Involved okay. more
0: so in the second half when, uh, you know, they're trying to track down the, the uh, recording <sighs> basically to prove about uh, the war.
1: Oh, the, uh, yeah, the, oh, my gosh.
0: I'll tell you, he was Roger Stanton. That's who he played in uh, oh. season two. Season two. The actor's name is Harris Yulin. Okay. Um, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of one of one of one of Palmer's associates. Yeah, in twenty four. Yes. The
0: thing with him is that, like, he's he's definitely one of these people who I think you don't like. I didn't actually know his name, but he's definitely one of these. Like, oh, him. Like. Uh, I'm a big Mr. Bean fan. So, like, the Mr. Bean movie in 1997, he played, like, the head of the art gallery. I think that's where I best knew him from because then when he was in 24, I'm like, hey, it's a guy from Mr. Bean movie. Um, And funnily enough, this guy actually was in Buffy for a little bit. He played Quentin Travers in uh, Buffy. Uh, He was also famously in Training Day. He was in Rush Hour 2. I love Training Day. has been in everything. Um, so, yeah.
1: wonder if he's still with us.
0: He is, according to what I'm seeing here right now. Uh, he is still with us. Born in 1937, so that would make him, what, 82 years old? Um, so, yeah. And he's still acting, according to this, um, most recently in the TV show called Billions. So, um, never seen it, never heard of it, to be completely honest with you, but, uh, that's who he's played. He's also, uh, in Clear and Present Danger, Ghostbusters 2, Scarface, like, uh, he's been in a lot of big things, but, uh... We haven't actually met him yeah. yet. We've just seen a photo of him, but just to point that out, that's who he is. Um, and they <laughs> find uh, a bunch of photos here of naked kids all spread out on the place. So we know that some shit's about to go down a little bit more than we're anticipating here. Um, which, oh yeah. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, that we're kind of having a bit of these episodes towards the end, sort of doing around religion. But I mean, it's like it's it's one of these storylines that I think kind of. You know, I kind of wish they... I kind of... Oh, that was was very animated and I like that. Um, I kind of wish that they had have explored this in an earlier season um, because I I feel like it just... This is the storyline that easily gets lost in everything that happens kind of in these last two episodes because, you know, it's sort of... I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I feel like this is something that would have been interesting in an earlier season, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they definitely would have had more of a chance to really explore it
0: mm-hmm. yeah and it's i don't know like because there are definitely some foundations and groundwork in some of these storylines that i feel like could easily be in an earlier episode like in old school third watch but um and that's why like some of this earlier stuff that's going on even though there's so much happening um it kind of does have some traces of old schoolness to it like it doesn't feel so over the top in season six to me um so i don't know yeah. if you got that vibe at all
1: yeah i did it it really, it really reminded me of something that you, you probably would have, you even would have seen something like this in, like this in seasons four and five. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we it, went over it, season would... four, didn't we, about how bipolar that was, so it kind of fits into season four, yeah. doesn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it really does. It really does. Mm.
0: But anyway, so they're setting that up. Um, we got got uh, Grace uh, still hovering around, not wanting to go in and see Finney and uh, talks to Dr. Field's... Um, Dr. Hickman, sorry, uh, about uh, that they see each other and we find out there's a bleed on the brain and that they're going to be taking care of him. I love how, like, everyone's so casual about there being a bleed on the brain. Like, again, I'm no doctor, but, like, I hear the words bleed on the brain and I'm going to be like, fuck, that doesn't sound good. But everyone in this episode is just like, eh, it's a bleed on the brain. you will be right. (laughs)
1: Like, (laughs) I guess when you've seen something like that
0: enough, you get uh, jaded. Mm. yeah. Or used to it, or... True. And maybe there are things... I'm, I'm not maybe, I'm sure there are things, which, like, if you say it to somebody who doesn't know much about medicine, except for watching 15 seasons of VR, um, <laughs> you, you're going to hear that, and you're like, fuck, that's bad. And then they're like, oh, actually, that's not that bad. Like, I've heard I've had the complete opposite. Like, I've heard things where it's like, that doesn't sound too bad, but they're like, yeah, this is going to kill them. And I like, oh, fuck, okay. Didn't realize it was that bad. So, yeah, certain things like that. Um... But anyway, so there he's going to be fine, apparently. Uh, Bosco, meanwhile, back at the precinct, he's still waiting around. Swirsky's saying, what are you still doing here? And he's like, well, you told me to wait. Um, and then he's basically sent home and he's going to be assigned to lock up duties. And he goes, excuse me, goes off at Swirsky. He's like, hey, what the hell? I didn't do anything wrong. Why are you so pissed at me? And Swersky's basically like, look, today's been terrible and I need you out there. Um and again, this goes back to my point at the very beginning of this episode, where you got to remember, everything that's happening, this is all on the same day. Like, this is a bad day for New yeah. York City right now. <laughs> <Really>?
1: um, <laughs> even, even even for NYC, yeah, it's a bad day.
0: Exactly. um, Jokas, um is uh, trying to get everything um, perfect for a warrant, sort of saying to Jelly, like, you know, uh, you've got to get this warrant perfect. Uh, and then this is kind of where she drops that line where, like, uh, Jelly's like, oh, you know, don't tell me how to get a warrant. And she's like, well, it's got to do with kids. We need this to be perfect. You know, it's kind of like, okay, we get it. This is leading to our final moment in a few weeks' time. Uh, we see a guy waiting around the opposite side of the street. It's Stevie. There he is. And, um, you know, he's got blood on him. And um, basically starts crying. And uh, Jokus is going to take him in. Uh, Cruz and Manny... Um, uh, having a bit of a conversation here. And uh, they, they go and uh, go up to some guys about uh, the shooting and are sort of asking them, saying, like, the war is over. You know, you're shooting kids here. What the hell are you doing? You shot some 108 boys. And a little kid runs away. Cruz goes into a chase. Uh, and they go into an alley. And the kid turns around, points a gun at Cruz. She yells out, no, oh, it's weird, slow-mo. And then she shoots the kid. And then kind of hanging over him, like, why did you do this? Why did you do this? this? definitely feels like old school third watch to me. Like, just the music and just kind of the way this is shot. And just Cruz's reaction. And he's like, you know, what the hell? Like, why did you do that? And, you know, on the radio, shots fired by police. So, yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. again, to this point, like, with this scene, again, I'm really enjoying this episode, even though it's all over the place. Like, I'm definitely complaining that it feels weird that it's all over the place. But there's nothing for me here that I'm not enjoying. Like, at this point, this is going to be a buy-it for me. And it's going to be, you know, a middle-range buy-it. Because I think kind of you've got a lot of stuff going on here, which I'm going, okay, this is good. This is setting us up to some good stuff. But we're about to go over a clip in a minute. But, yeah, I know you talked about this a few weeks ago, I think, didn't you, about Cruz shooting a kid. Was there something you were going to talk about this? Or you just remembered that from a few weeks ago?
1: A little of both, actually. Um, I cu- until until I watched this episode, I couldn't remember what episode it happened in. I thought it was either, I thought it was either nineteen, twenty, or twenty-one. But until I watched it, I couldn't remember which one it was. But um, I, do remem- I do remember. I do remember. I mean, obviously, she composes herself enough to make that to make that radio call. But but I mean, when she's when she's standing over him, going, "Why? Why did you do? Th- why did you do this? Why did you do this?" Um, and she's, and she's, she's just, she's just in tears, you know, mad at, mad at the kid, and I also think really shaken by what she had to do,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and I, it, it's just such a powerful scene because, you never would have seen this, you you would not have seen this from. From the cruise of two seasons ago, oh,
0: absolutely not yeah
1: cruise cruise two seasons ago would have shot that kid and then brushed it right off,
0: exactly, yep,
1: and it's like uh, again, you know it's I said this last week is is she having a it sounds so cliche to ask, but is it hitting her this hard? Just because she knows she's dying.
0: Well, uh, it's tricky, because I feel as though... And we kind of got that at the beginning of this episode, didn't we? When she said, like, I'm getting treatment. I feel her ending last week where, like, she's kind of come to terms with it has also led her to try and fight it more so than she did, you know, at the beginning. And I think kind of a lot of that is comes with acceptance. And I think that... You know, when you struggle with something or when you're, you're faced with something very big in your life to challenge yourself, there there is always a point when you deal with something, for the most part, where you will go through a level of acceptance. Some people get into it, accept it perfect, goes through the positive straight away. Other people struggle to get to that phase and might only feel a level of acceptance for a little bit and then kind of they're back down a, a rabbit hole, which is kind of maybe what you would say happens with crews in the, these final few weeks. But... I just wonder if that level of acceptance she achieved last week with it, with the, the disease has led her to a more like, well, hang on a minute, like, I've seen this, I'm accepting it, you know, like, I'm accepting everything that's happened to me, so maybe why don't I try to fight it? And then that's kind of where she's in this situation straight back down to square one because she's realised how shit and fragile things are out there and kind of, you know, because realistically from now on she's kind of going to be back to almost what Cruz used to be like in a way, if you know what I mean. So, um, I don't know if that really answered your question. In in some, in
1: some ways, in some ways, yeah, she does kind of go back to old school, old school Cruz, but she's nowhere near as, I wouldn't say she's anywhere as, as ruthless as she was when we were first introduced, introduced to her. Um,
0: I would argue her final scene maybe puts her the most ruthless she's ever been, but there are well, definitely yeah. reasons <laughs> why. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm speaking in general
0: terms, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what um, you mean.
1: But, yeah, I think, you know, I think it hits her as hard as it does because, you know, shooting this kid because, you know... I don't even know what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. It's... Uh... God, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> I have a train of thought and then I lose it.
0: It's fine. The listeners are used to it. Yeah. They're, they're, they're <laughs> thinking that they're enjoying the episode. And they're like, oh, fuck, Jesus. there, Ben goes again. Like, shut up. So... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but...
1: Hold on. Let me try and get my train of thought back here. Because I think... I think it upsets her because it it's like, you know, the I'm dying. This kid didn't have to die.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really no. uh k- kind of cheesy, but there you go. I think the one thing that I'll say once again to jump up on my uh cruise is a great character horse. I uh, once again, like just I would struggle to find another character who has such a complex level of change and storylines and Cruz does in this show and just the, the meat that she's dealt with. Um You know, because even Doc, when you kind of go from episode one to his final episode, it's like we kind of pointed it out from the very beginning that it was a slow burn down a garden path to negativityville for, for Doc. And I think it's something yes. that you don't really appreciate or acknowledge until you re-watch this show and know what's happening to him and as personally i know that's definitely something that i didn't appreciate as much until you know i watched it several times i think the thing with doc is that i would struggle to think that that was ever the long term plan for that character Because Michael Beach has said that, you know, he was sick of playing the good guy and wanted something to be a little bit different. So when he's leaving the show, they've kind of gone, okay, cool, let's do this. And they've just tidied him well with his character. I'm not saying with Cruz that from the very beginning they said, hey, we're going to take her from being this do-anything-it-takes cop to, you know, finding Santa Maria and kind of being nice. I'm not saying that that was their plan. I don't think it was. Um, You know, I think they've reacted along the way to realising how hard and fast they've gone out with Cruz. Probably listened to some of the fan feedback and gone, fuck, we really need to calm this woman down and get her a bit of sympathy. I think the execution is done in a way where it feels so natural with Cruz, Whereas I think with Doc, at least from my very first viewing of that, I did not like it. I thought it was such a change for Doc that it didn't make sense to me at the time. Um, whereas I think with Cruz, it does make sense if that makes sense. Um, and it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. even like with Carlos, you could argue that like, yeah, he changes to the point where he's still in love with Holly. But like, I think with Carlos, Carlos hasn't changed really. He's just become more compassionate back to the self-importance of Carlos, because like we're going to see that in this episode, next episode, that he's kind of still a bit of a I don't say a jerk, but, like, you know, he doesn't know when to pick up on signals when people are saying, like, it's a shit day. Like, no, we're not celebrating. Like, he still can't read that sort of thing. That's just... It's Carlos. You know what I mean? It's kind of... That's how he is. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, we'll talk about this, no doubt, in the series, like, our complete recap and maybe just an overall character arc. But my my, my overall point of what I'm trying to make here is, again, defending Cruz, the complexity of what she goes through and just how in-depth and complex her character is is across the course of her three seasons in this show. I I try to make an argument that we discuss a lot in our Nip Tuck coverage how Christian Troy in Nip Tuck is one of the most complex characters in TV if you really look at kind of what he deals with how he is one episode to another and kind of the back and forth he goes through and I think even Sean in Nip Tuck was kind of they're very complex and well written characters and very well rounded with sharp edges soft edges and there's you know gooey centers hard centers everything's working well and I think Cruise, yeah. to me, is the best example of that type of character on all six seasons of Third Watch. And again, yeah. just got to say it one more time, I really hope that Cruz haters out there who have listened to our show can feel some type of difference to their, their like or their hatred of Cruz because I feel there is so much to this woman that needs to be said and I'm trying my best across these episodes to get it out there
1: yeah <laughs> yep and i think a i think I've said this from the beginning a lot of the a lot of the hatred for Cruz i think comes from the simple fact that that um that faith and bosco split up in at the end of season four
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think that's just. I think that's where a lot of the hatred of her comes from, is just that.
0: Well, And and also, at the end of the day, she did shoot Yoko, so I mean, kind of like, you know, yeah. there is that as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that it's easy to kind of lump a character into, like, the bad stuff and, I guess, you know, even the two-dimensional side of things when you get to a point and she's so at the top. But I, even I was trying to say during season four that, like, okay, she's doing this, she's doing that, but... In no way was she actually, like, she was never dirty. She never did things, you know, that were for her personal gain or were for, like, illegal reasons. She, everything she did was for a good reason. You know, it's just, you can do bad things for good reasons sometimes. I'm not excusing that. I'm not saying you should go and yeah. murder somebody, you know, for good reasons there's a level of complete but i mean you look at a show like dexter which the whole show is built around a guy murdering people but he's murdering bad people so it's okay like that's that was what drew people to dexter because it was that gray area that anti-hero and that's kind of what i've tried to say about Cruz a lot of the time is that she is an anti-hero like you and i love 24 jack bauer you know american hero but like he does a lot of bad shit for good reasons you know what i mean so it's kind of people are drawn to characters like that. Tony Soprano, people were drawn to that. You know, you you look at uh, Walter White and Breaking Bad. Like, this was the big thing of the 2000s and into the 2010s as well. Like, it's that anti-hero. Um, and, like, you look at the, the the men versus women ratio of those type of characters. And I'm not trying to put crews in the, the character's view of Tony Soprano, Jack Bauer, you know, Walter White, people like that, because, you know, they're, they're different shows. But, you know, you, you look at... A, you know, the women's side of things when it comes to that type of characters. And like, again, I'm going to get a lot of the, I don't know their names of the characters because I don't really watch the show, but I know weeds kind of had a very similar, you know, storyline around sort of the anti-hero with the main female lead in that. There was nurse Jackie with Edie Falco. Um, a lot of the desperate housewives characters you could lump into that kind of with the complexities. Look at lost with Kate on lost, you know, things like that. And it's not just the men, it's the women too. And my point is, <laughs> said I'm rambling on again here, love <laughs> Cruz. All right, Cruz is great. Cruz is a well-written TV character, and I'm trying to give a fucking love, all right? Tia Tahada, I love you, and you're great, and this is a great character on TV. Shut me up, Darville.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, Ben. I don't know Nobody how. Nobody does. <laughs> anyway,
0: um... Yes, the kid's dying. Uh, he's, he's died now because I've just gone on forever. Yoko's <laughs> um, uh, is questioning Stevie. She's trying to say, like, oh, you look familiar. And he's basically saying, I didn't do anything. Um, and then she um, she eventually realises who he is and that he is the son that was in the car and was told to run away. Um and then she's sort of asking, like, who killed them? Some guy, why didn't you call the police? And then this is when we get that line of, you know, oh, I'm not meant to speak to the government forces of Babylon. Um, and I do, I fucking <laughs> love Yocas' reaction. There's just like a brief bit of silence and she's like, come again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Yocas in that bit. Um, yeah. And yeah, kind of, and this, this, I actually really like this character of Stevie because I think kind of... Again, it's complex because you you straight away you kind of think, like, oh, this poor kid, like, his parents have just been shot, like, what's going on? And then, even though, like, he's obviously been, you know, severely abused and just brainwashed brainwashed in this horrible church, like, he's still, I guess, conflicted enough that he's, he's, part of him is scared, but part of him is still believing in Brother Jonathan and kind of, you know, basically trying to defend the fact that him as a child has been, you know, terribly sexually abused and things like that. And,. Um, I think this guy, and I'm going to find the actor's name in just a second. Classic cult mentality. Yeah, he just does it so goddamn well. Peter Scanavino is this guy's name.
1: Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I know who that is. He is currently starring on
0: Law & Order SVU. He is too, I can see it. And so he should. Like, I was going to say, this guy should be in things because he's a good actor. Um, Best known here, apparently, for being in Deception, a Hugh Jackman movie. Um and also been in Chicago PD as well, um the blacklist. But yeah, no, he's been in 108 episodes of Law and Order SVU. There you go. Um, so. yeah, he
1: plays one of he plays one of the one of the newer detectives,
0: right? Okay, on that
1: show, he's been on there since season 16, I think.
0: This is actually his only second, third watch was only his second of acting credit. He was in a show called Johnny Zero, uh, and then he went straight into Third Watch. Funnily enough, he was in. Law and Order Trial by Jury. He's obviously a bit of a Law and Order fan, because look at this, he's been in Law and Order Trial by Jury, Law and Order Criminal Intent, Law and Order, uh, and now he's starring in Law and Order SVU. So he's done the traps. He's, uh, he's, he's been around a bit, but anyway.
1: Um, yes, that he has.
0: No, he's, he's a great actor. I, I really like this character. He, he does it very, very yes. well. Um, Cruz and Manny, Cruz basically being told by Manny, You know, you're golden. It was a clean shoot. And then, you know, Cruz goes off at him like it doesn't feel so golden to shoot a 13-year-old boy. Um, Jelly has a warrant, ready to search the place. Uh, Yoke is saying something's a little bit hinky about this. Then she realises, she looks at the photos and realises that um, obviously one of the boys that was being abused um, was little old Stevie. Uh, but remember when I said we were in a car and it was kind of, you know, bumping along the road, going quite well, and then all of a sudden, fuck, there was a cliff? Um, yeah, I'm
1: guessing we are at that cliff. We're now. at
0: that cliff. We're hurtling down into the plummets of Shitville because here's Emily. She's dressed up all nice. Why not? Because she's going to a club, Darvell, What could possibly be wrong about going to a club? The Cave of Keene. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well. Generally speaking, hey, there's nothing wrong with stepping out every once in a while, but not to this club.
0: No, the cave. Avoid cane. this club
1: at all costs.
0: We go inside. It's all dark. There's candles, and like, she doesn't know what's going on, and she's like, "Hello," and then it's welcome, my princess. And I am Dante, our kind forgotten, no one cares about. I'm a sanguinarian. I drink human blood, like literally. Like this guy is a dickhead because like. In what universe going back to a saying like break the ice slowly, hey, watch Buffy, hey, I'm a sanguinarian, hey, 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 I'm sad Italian now, I don't know. Um like in what world is the best way to break the ice and be like, hey princess, I'm a sanguinarian, I drink human blood. Like, fuck off. I'm running out the door. I don't care if I'm into that shit. Like, what the fuck world does he think that this is the right way to do this? Oh, it's it's that Someone is who falling. is
1: someone who... Okay, I'm going to say it. Someone who needs to get laid, but knows deep down that he can't.
0: <laughs> oh, he's getting laid. All those vampire girls are hanging out with him and he's doing bad things to them. Like, come on. He's abusing those women. Like, we literally had that bit where the guys at next episode where he's like, oh, the chicks are cool and all, but, you know, we're not killing people. <laughs> That's uh but it's just like she, Emily gets scared she runs out um she goes off i at do him
1: like in- the oh, oh sorry, there you go okay, just sure um i i do like i well you mentioned she goes off at him i do like the i do like as as much as we loved her shit on this whole vampire storyline i do like i do like her line, you know. Take off the eyeliner and go see a doctor. Yeah, I I just I love how I love how she says that.
0: But then we get the the iconic Dante line:
1: "You bitch!" Like, ooh, (laughs) like, oh, that's original.
0: (laughs) That's Um, original Dante. Yeah, it's just why the hell are we back here? Like, like, (laughs) like I don't know. Oh, my God. Um, If you're going to have someone having to come after Emily and, you know, get Bosco to basically shoot them to prove that he's good, don't do it around vampires. Just have, like, some creepy guy or, like, just – like, this storyline, this whole thing is not going to be as bad if you just take the vampire side out of it. Like, it's just so
1: dumb. Make it be be some – make it be a – I cannot believe I'm saying this because it's just so horrible – Make it be a creepy child molester stalking Emily or something.
0: Well, like, go, go back to um, the bank shooting back in Ladies' Day in Season 4. The, the creepy, the the other guy who was, like, feeling up Emily, you know, kind of, like, right in front of Yoko. It's yeah. like, have him stay alive and then kind of have him come back after all these years and want revenge for her, like, shooting um, the brother. Like, there's an idea. Like, boom, we fixed it. Yeah. Like, that works. <laughs> that would have worked a lot better than this instead we've got fucking vampires oh and again we've also got to revisit the whole like my mother works hard she's been there forever for me storyline which apparently Ugh. you know we spent five seasons of the complete opposite when Emily's basically yeah. like she works hard well, she does her best
1: <laughs> well I mean she does work hard she works hard and she does. for the
0: money so hard for the money. Sorry. I randomly <laughs> stuck in my head. Um, yeah, she well,
1: she does work hard. Emily's right about that. But it's never really been there for Emily.
0: No, exactly. Exactly. But remember, that all went away this season when, you know. It really did. Can we just say again, I know we talked about Charlie kind of disappearing, but, like, legitimately, Charlie, does he ever get mentioned ever again? Charlie's hanging out with Joey, no. and dirty kid, kid, and invisible kid land of Third Watch because, like, it's like, what, like it's all about Emily like poor Charlie like <laughs> what? what is the point of having Charlie in this show at all this season and recasting him twice to only basically just if you're uh, not even going to use him exactly exactly um, anyway so meanwhile Grace decides to go to church and I don't get this scene I'm not going to complain about it because it's a religious scene I just don't understand it like She's trying to be all like, oh, I need to tell him how I feel and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, is this the bit that leads? Like, I just, you don't need this. I think she needs to discover this herself because it's not like we've ever had her struggling with religion, if you know what I mean. Like, it's just, it's just a random. Right. Like, okay, I get it. Like, some people feel, you know, find solace in talking to someone like they need someone to talk to. But I don't know. I just feel this. It's just odd. I don't. I... This is again where this, this whole movie has just gone off a cliff right now. Because it just, it just feels so <laughs> out of place and odd. And I, I just don't really know what to say about it. Help me out here.
1: <laughs> like I said, this whole thing, th- this part, it kind of went over my head. Mm. Because I had, a lot of trouble, I had a lot of trouble getting into this episode just because it was all over the place. I yeah. couldn't really follow it very
0: well well i'm the same i'll say the actor who plays the priest uh edmund Lindeck. um he's been in lots of things sadly no longer with us but uh i think i best know him for uh from um uh by big daddy he's like uh the the dude in the courtroom (laughs) who's like uh talking about kicking his ass or something like that so um yeah he's funny oh man
1: man. big big daddy i i remember that movie well a little bit
0: yeah no it's a good movie good movie uh, funny yeah. movie random scene between Grace and a priest cool um <laughs> Grace bringing a mehness um so uh Yoko's meanwhile questioning Stevie saying that I have seen you before and this is this is like do detectives do this I feel they only do this when they're like got the perp and they're trying to show them like she literally shows this kid like kitty porn pictures and what if this is the wrong person? <laughs> like, what if you're wrong about this and you're just randomly showing a guy, like, fuck, here you go. These are naked kids having sex with older people. What do you think of these? Like, I'm sorry, that's not on. <laughs> Yokis yeah. Yeah. is definitely a little bit rough around the edges on a detectiveness. Because, you know, go back she a really few is. episodes when she's, you know, uh, I guess being uh, bigoted against Arabs. Um, and now here she is basically going, Hey mate, look at some kitty porn. Like it's, oh, it's, it, it's odd. And even the fact too, like mentally, this kid has been abused, abused his whole life. And you are going to show him the evidence of what happened. Like, like you're not going to show somebody who's being raped and you're questioning them a video. Oh, oh is this you getting raped? Is it? Do you want to watch it with me? Like, you're not going to do that. <laughs> Like, really? It's, it's, and this is again the cliff. We've gone off the cliff. <laughs> like, it's just going down. Um, and then, like, I will say though, like, going back to what I was saying about how good this actor is, it's sort of, it's, it's not something you want to see, really. A character defending why they were abused as a child, where he's basically saying, like, Brother Jonathan said it's okay, sex feels good, you know, it's love, and, it's it's I really wish again, going back to what I was saying, that we explored this earlier and we had this level of intense scene in a different episode where kind of it was the focus because I think it's done in a way that you like you really get into it and think, Holy fuck, this is some deep shit we're covering here Whereas, you know, again, he's all but defending this and yet Yokus is trying to like balance her wheel of being like what the hell are you talking about you're sick versus i'm a cop i've got to try and calm this kid down you didn't think about that when you showed him naked pictures of kids but whatever um yeah like it's just a scene that like it's again this episode it's like i don't know what to feel i don't know what to think it's like it's just it's deep it's some deep shit man it's...
1: <laughs> but there's really no hardcore exploration of it yeah uh, yeah, uh, I'm curious what I'm curious what um, what season do you, what season do you think this episode would have been better in? <laughs> Random question, I know. Mm,
0: three or four, I think. Um, this, this particular story
1: would have been a good season three or four episode.
0: Probably three. I just think that three explored a lot more. And I think kind of we were at a point where we'd known these characters more. Like, You know, one's too wet in the blanket, wet sails, whatever you want to say. You're still developing these characters and storylines. Two's more character-centric. You know, it's per episode is about a character more so. Um, I think it fits in three, I think. Um, And I think they could have done it really, you know, well. Because, you know, we obviously discovered how much we underappreciated season three coming into this rewatch. So... Yeah. I feel you could cover this well in season 3. So, yeah, that's a good question. I, I I'd say 3. What about you? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think 3 or 4 as well because those were like the middle of the road seasons of of the show in the sense that in the sense that, that you could say that that was when third like seasons 2, 3 and bits of four that was when third watch was at its peak and i've said many times before that season three is my personal favorite
0: well you you did yeah absolutely i remember you Mm. putting that up there so yeah no it's it's interesting but uh it's just this episode um we hear him mention the name tommy uh we hear you know anointed one and then this is gonna uh snip us over to um this guy, Tommy, the one who's shot before, and uh, we've got the brother Jonathan, they're in a car, and they're being dragged into a TV sh- studio, where they're going to be held hostage live on air, um, and then this kind of cuts to a montage of Bosco drinking, Grace looking at Finny, Cruz being all sad with Manny, Jokas looking at uh, Stevie, and then Emily turning off the light, getting ready to go to bed, and... We've got a bunch of vampires hanging out the house. Ah, no, vampires are taking over Emily's house. Ah, worst cliffhanger ever. (laughs) And we've had some bad ones in this show.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we really have. Oh,
0: like, and again, plot, like, she's turning off lights and getting ready to go to bed, and the next episode, she's sitting up with the lights on, talking on the phone. (laughs) Like, I just, again, another thing I'll quickly say, though, is I like this idea of somebody being held hostage live on TV and the police having to deal with it. Again, this would work well in an early season. I want to explore this. It's an interesting storyline. But again, it just is so lost in the way. It's like they've just got a handful of storylines on magnets and thrown it against a magnetic board and gone, okay, these are all the storylines we have to cover in three episodes. <laughs> so, yeah. And again, can I just yep. quickly, say, I mean- quickly say, really quickly, do we remember this episode that Carlos was buying a wedding ring? Do we remember that Finney and Davis were in a no. car accident? No, we don't. No. sorry, go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We don't remember either of those. And yeah, this would have made a great two-parter episode if it were in a If it were in an earlier season, you know the the first part, you know, investigate, you know, this whole thing with with Stevie and all that, and you know, have the have the. Car crash with well, it wouldn't have been Sully and Finney at the time, but it would have been. I mean, I mean, it would have been Davis and Finney at the time. It would have been Davis and Sully, mm-hmm. and but yeah, have have that, and um, and then have the episode end. Have the first part of this episode end with um, whatever his name is, the the old man getting taken hostage live on live on air. And then devote the entirety of the second part of the episode. Devote the entirety of the of part two of the of the storyline to that. That whole that next whole episode. Devote it to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think going back to your very your point very early on in this episode <laughs> when you mentioned about how you know with the Finney and Davis crash that they're major characters. I mean, again, the fact that you have like you get to the end of the episode and you completely forget that two major characters are involved in an accident. One of whom is in a, a coma. Like, you're not gonna ignore this like two, three seasons ago. Even a season ago, you're not gonna ignore it in season five, so it's kind of just like Oh well, Finney's in a coma. Eh, shit happens. <laughs> like it's just
1: Okay. Fuck it, let's move on.
0: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. all right. Um I'll let you go first. What are you gonna do with this episode?
1: Well I'm I'm going to I'm going to rent it. Because, you know, there was a there were some good th- there were some good things in there and although I I mean I couldn't really get into the episode it wasn't I don't think it was so bad to justify me to justify me binning it.
0: I yeah, I completely agree. I think this episode for a large portion of it was teetering on a buy and then kind of just this episode's like 71% good, 29% terrible. And I think kind of That balances out enough that I've got to give it a rent. I mean, I've actually given it the lowest possible rent. I've put this at 118 out of 131. That includes next week's episode as well. So this is the lowest rent I have before you get to a bin. Um, But it's just, I think the terribleness of it is such a stain on this episode that I ultimately feel that if you look back on this episode without having, you know, like in a year's time, if you haven't watched Third Watch in a year and you just randomly think of this episode, I think you remember more the bad stuff than the good stuff. Um, yeah, which to me kind of really puts it down to that real lower end of the rent. But I can't bin it just purely because there is a portion of good in this episode which really was tracking this to be a good episode. So this maybe is the most, and I probably said this during Season 4, but this might be the most bipolar episode of Third Watch that there ever is with such a significant <laughs> tone change and such an obvious point of falling off a cliff. Yeah, um, Because, because it, it drops
1: through. off so quickly.
0: It does. Um, And I feel like, you know, there are definitely some cases in the past where that's happened, but not so obviously as this episode. So... um, Right, right. Anyway. Next week, end of tour, the penultimate episode of Third Watch. Um, The last episode that you and I will be flying solo on for a a recap of Third Watch, I should say. Yeah. Special guests joining us in our uh, series finale. I'm looking for season finale. Series finale, Ben. I know what I'm talking about. Um... This, once again, follows a train of this is so all over the place. It's odd. It ends on a cheesy cliffhanger. There's random shit. There's just, uh, it's... I am just going to point this right now on the record. This is one of the worst episodes of Third Watch there ever is, at least in my mind. Um, even so. even
1: even worse than Snowblind?
0: I'm not telling you where I'm putting it. Uh, my my lower... It ep- ep- belongs of rating. That's not even a word, but I'm making it up. This is a bottom three episode of Third Watch. I will just say that, <laughs> in my opinion at least. Just get you excited next week, people, for watching it. And okay. that's all around tone shifts and pointless cliffhangers and just shoving so much into one episode to try and lead us into a finale. That it's, it just
1: doesn't work.
0: It doesn't work. It's And, like, often the, the penultimate episode of a TV show or a series, like, whether it's a, a series, a season, whatever, a penultimate episode, <laughs> I feel, almost should be more important than the finale. Um, and it just doesn't work. So... Yeah, in a tour, do you have anything to say? <laughs> no. No. All right, that's fine. Fine, we'll talk about it next week if you really must force my hand. Um, <laughs> tune in next week. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe, Instagram. Uh, hit us up on net. Send us an email. Carry a pigeon. Knock on our door. Bring us tea. I don't know, uh, but just communicate with us. We're lonely. At least I am. I don't know about Darville. Uh, but uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Ben... And I'm going to go hang out with the Knights of Babylon.
1: (laughs) Uh, Watch yourself. My name's Darvell, and maybe you two could hire a nurse and a twofer. (laughs) Or for a twofer, sorry.
0: See you next week, peeps. Thank you for listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.